All right, football fans, we are back for the start of the Fantasy Hour on Tap, heading towards a 2021 season. I'm your host tonight, Premier Am, joined as always by Mr. Pat Bodeway. Pat, let's get this 2021 season started. Let's close out this 2020 season. Good time overall. Just finished up two weeks ago. So, as always, everybody head over to Twitter and follow all of us. You can follow me at Premier Amp, follow Pat at Pat Bodeway, as well as the main page at ONTAP Sportsnet, as well as the fantasy page at Fantasy HR on Tap. So, we're going to dive right into it, right off the start here, Pat. And let's look back really quick, and we're going to do a comparison of the start of 2020 to the end of 2020. For the so, to... to to end the 2020 season, the top 10 at quarterback was in order. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Mr. Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. Honestly, not much of a surprise there, really. Um, kind of consistent for who you would believe were in the top 10 other than Herbert, really, I would say Herbert's the only one that you would go, oh, all right, yeah, that was a good surprise. Um, I kind of feel that Tannehill was a little bit of a surprise there, too. It, oh, I mean, I would have put him at that cut at 10, I think. That's probably where I would have put him. I mean, he would be at that. I mean, you look at anybody, you know, 11 through 15 slash 16 mark. I mean, there's one name down at 17 that Baker Mayfield that a lot of people had in the top 10. Um, but other than that, a lot of those names, you kind of would go, yeah, any of them could have been number 10, including Tannehill. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, that's why I say the only surprise to me really is Herbert. That was one that not a lot of people would have thought had been in there. Um, what do you got? I think, um, I totally agree about Herbert. I really, uh, I really liked his whole I mean, I guess I shouldn't say the situation because it came from a Tarod Taylor punctured lung, but I liked his whole command of uh, taking over and really showing who he was and and what he was all about and blossoming in his first year Um, and in 342 fantasy points. I mean, (laughs) you can't ask for much more. I mean, you're right up there with guys like Tom Brady and, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. You're not far behind those guys. So I, I, I mean, liked it. I liked Herbert a lot there. You know, and uh, Mr. Lamar Jackson, who was preseason ranked number one all around player pretty much, was number 10. And he beat out Lamar um, and didn't even play. I mean, he technically, I mean, he technically played the same amount of games it shows, but that's not completely accurate, I don't think. Um, right. But looking back at the preseason ranks, a couple names do pop out now that you look back. He had Lamar at one, Mahomes at two, Dak at three, which probably that's where your top ten would have changed if Dak never got hurt. I would definitely agree he was on a terror. Um, Murray at four, Deshaun at five, Wilson, Matt Ryan, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Carson Wentz. Um, that was your original top ten. We all know how that panned out. A lot of the names in that, yet again, 11 through 15 range are kind of the guys that were in the same one before. Um, Only one that I said at the start of 2020, that was an absolute joke was Rogers being ranked at number 15. I don't know how you ever, 
how you ever viewed him that far down the board, but that's just an absolute joke. So, I mean, not, I, I mean, obviously looking back, you don't see much of a shift there. The quarterbacks kind of other than, like we said, Rodgers and, and Dak Prescott was Dak was just in, due to the injury. There's nothing else you could really say. Um, but the rest of it panned out just as you said, and it's actually funny because you look back and see um, we have, where is he at? I don't even show him on here on this top list. Um, you know, we like to joke Mitch Trubisky doesn't even show on the top 30. So, uh, he landed at 27. I uh, only played a couple games and, uh, Nick Foles was a little bit further behind him too. So, but like you said, there. <laughs> yeah. And then you look back and you look at Ryan Tannehill was the one player to jump from 20th rank to in the top 10. Um, but I'm not totally surprised by him being a consistent player. That was where, you know, I look at it. But um, so looking forward, now let's look at the top 10 running backs that finished the year. And this is the one I like the most, I would say, because you look back and you go, all right. Um, you know, you got Derrick Henry, obviously, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. And actually, the funny thing out to around the top 10 is Kareem Hunt. Yeah. How about um, that? But the discrepancy between Derrick Henry and even Alvin Kamara is 20 whole fantasy points. Right. And the scarier part about that is that's with Alvin Kamara going off for, what was it, six touchdowns at the end of the season? Yep. That was beautiful. for. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful in the playoff time. But, I mean, you look back on it and you go, wow, this could have been even a bigger lead for Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah. you know, you look at where it says average of their fantasy points, and obviously Dalvin Cook averaged way more, but he also had his really bad games where Henry and Kamara, for the most part, were pretty consistent where they were. Um, I mean, the shock is to see Taylor in there and David Montgomery and James Robinson. Running back is always one where you're just like, you look at, I'm, I guarantee you when I pull up the preseason top 10, it's going to be, nothing nothing close to this and let's see um, especially gonna... with zeke all the way down at number 11 <laughs> yeah well i know he probably would have been higher like i said it, it all really goes down to the deck injury um oh, for sure. yeah you know we all look we are looking at this though in the ppr format so running backs and then obviously number one and number oh yeah let's see your top three uh, running back was mccaffrey barkley and elliot and uh, the first two were pretty much out 90% of the year with injuries. So that's going to screw that up. Kamara was four. Cook was five. Henry was six. Uh, Mr. Clyde Edwards, Alaire was seven. And Austin Eckler was eight. Joe Mixon at nine. And hey, number 10, Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb ends the season as a lot of people predicted pretty much in that 10 to nine range. And 11 was actually Kenyon Drake, who ended the season at number 12. It's kind of interesting to see that. Um, And then I'm looking down the list here, Pat. 21 and 22 were Jonathan Taylor and Kareem Hunt, who were in the top 10. Um, The name I actually want to really look up, which is interesting to me, is where did... There's Edwards Alera at 22. Where did... um, What's his name? Devin Singletary fall to. They had him ranked at 23. 
I haven't even seen his name yet. 37 in standard format. 37 in standard. So probably a little higher. 37, you said. Up oh, 37 in, in PPR. He had a whopping 105 points. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was a big whiff on that one. Um, I always like looking at this for running back, so because it's just, it literally, it, it's it's so just different because like you said, you know, you look at it and James Robinson at seven. So what name from, you know, the list really from, from both, um, if you look at it now, actually is probably more surprising to you. It's, it has to be James Robinson for me. I mean, his story was great. Wasn't he undrafted? And yeah, to, to, to be in the top 10 running backs in your rookie year, when you go undrafted like that on a bad team, you know, specifically with very, very large offensive problems um, and only playing 14 games as well. He had a great season and he was one of those stories that even if you didn't have him on your team, you love to follow it because it was so interesting, especially where it's coming from. Yeah, I think the only other name that I would throw in that, obviously you can't really beat that being that he finished number seven. And like you said, his whole story is phenomenal. The only other name I look at was the original 28th ranked running back who turned himself into number six, Mr. David Montgomery. And that's purely, I know a lot of people would sit there and bash him um, just due to the fact that, you know, he had great games at the end of the year, but you can only play who's in front of you. So... Sometimes that's what fantasy football is, is knowing where your matchups are at what point. So, you know, for people that had David Montgomery, like myself in a few leagues, you knew when his good games were coming and you unfortunately had to stick it out a couple times, but he delivered when he needed to in those games. So, you know, and ended up being the, you know, sixth ranked running back, even in a year though, that a lot of people got hurt. And that's the biggest thing to look at, but that's still a good number to be, you know, to jump up 22 spots. Um, so I think that's, you know, the most interesting there. I'm actually going to jump to something different. I'm going to go <laughs> to the easiest position probably other than quarterback, Pat, and that's going to be tight ends. So I'm sure this list other than the top few, will not be much different from start to end, I would Probably, guess. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so let's take a look here. We've got, at the end of the season, your top 10 uh, ended up being no surprise here in the large discrepancy between Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Robert Tunyon, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Kosecki, Logan Thompson, Rob Gronkowski, John U. Smith, and J- Jimmy Graham. That was your top 10. And there was 36 points difference between number one and number two. That's That's pretty damn big. (laughs) But we aren't surprised because you look at the preseason ranks here, Pat, and you have Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, Waller, Evan Ingram, who was probably like the biggest swing and miss of the whole year. Um, Tyler Higby, uh, Hunter Henry. Hey, Rob Gronkowski at nine. Um, And then Noah Fant at 10. And it's actually funny because from the start of the year to the end of the year, guess who the 11th ranked tight end was? I don't know who. Hayden Hurst. Really? 
Yep, preseason rank number eleven. End of the season, eleven. Interesting. <laughs> Talk about consistency. But th- there's yeah. really the only reason I brought this position up is because this one's easy. We knew what was going on. We knew from there. This is a position that if you don't have one of those top two, you know, three guys, you're on a whim, hoping for the best. You know, well, and even if you're if you take a look at the drop off from Darren Waller at two to the oh, surprise yeah. number three Robert Tunyon, that's a large, that's a 50, almost fifty points right there. Yeah, it's almost a fifty point swing, and even that's why I say from number one to number ten, you're talking about a near a uh, hundred and ten. Yeah, and I think it's also really interesting to point out that those stats for Robert Tunyon are largely padded by the I think it was a 33 fantasy point game I want to say he had three touchdowns in that game I'm a little foggy on that one but I think I think it was 33 points so if he didn't have that game he would have been way further down and the gap between two and three would have been even larger it's just that's wild to even imagine that Actually, let me re readjust that because uh, unfortunately I was on I was on standard. We didn't even look at I didn't even click on PPR on that one. Um, the the difference between two and three and that one is a hundred. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, in in PPR, I'm sorry, um, my my bad, my goof up on that one. Kelsey had three hundred and twelve to Waller's two seventy eight, and then after that the drop off's a hundred. That's insane. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we knew the drop off was massive. So is it 176 points in a PPR league from a tight end through a whole year pretty good? Yeah, you're averaging almost on a on average 10 points, you know, from that position, at least 10 to 12 points. That's not bad. Those top five's not a bad look, but it's just tough. You know, and Logan Thomas snuck in there because he developed a really good relationship with Alex Smith. Um, so it was nice to see that. Um, but yeah, no, no major surprise there who ended the top Kittle would have been in there, but obviously looking back now, Kittle, uh, his biggest issue was the fact that he only played eight games and in eight games alone, he still scored 125. So yeah, he probably would have been higher up there if it wasn't for that. He would have been number one or two, like normal. You know, what's really interesting about the top 10 at tight end in PPR is if you take out Travis Kelsey and Robert Tunyon, and I guess you could throw in Rob Gronkowski as well, even though it's it, the Tampa Bay situation is weird, but I don't even want to talk about that. But if you take out Kelsey Tunyon Gronkowski, and um, I guess you could throw in Mark Andrews as well. The rest of the players in the top 10 are all from bad teams. You know, Darren Waller with Vegas, Logan Thomas with Washington, Hawkinson with Detroit, Gesicki with Miami. I mean, I guess Miami was good, but they just couldn't get it done. Um, And then Fant with Denver and Hurst with Atlanta. It's just kind of interesting to see bad teams utilizing the tight end a little bit more. And is that is that a factor um, of maybe not having more offensive weapons and having to utilize the tight end, you know, because you don't have many other choices. I think it's an interesting dynamic, especially when you start thinking about what to do uh, for next year, 
you know, could that be a route you take? If you get one solid wide receiver in the draft, can you go ahead and look at, okay, what team might actually be a little worse in the standings and utilize their tight ends more? And, you know, you could look at TJ Hawkinson or, or Noah Fant maybe, and you could, you, you can maximize your points that way. Yeah. But speaking of that name of TJ Hawkinson, he does scare me walking into 2021 with a different quarterback at the helm and Jared Goff in, in Detroit now. So point. I just, I mean, they don't, obviously it's a good point though. He is a name to watch towards 2021. Um, it could be something good. I just don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, they don't have a lot of receivers though. So that is the one good factor for them. But mm-hmm. it, um, it's, I was actually looking uh, in the top 30 tight ends. Tunyon was not ranked. So big come up for him from uh, nothing to th- number three. Absolutely. So we interrupt this podcast with a quick message from our sponsors. Hey, fellas, we're in the thick of winter and a storm's a-brewing. Looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners with Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower. Or if you're a savage, in the jacuzzi. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. Comes with the Lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxers, and a travel bag for the go. Have you ever noticed those nasty nose and ear hairs? Yeah, they're a problem. But guess what? 79% of partners polled admitted that's a major turnoff. Also in that package, you get the the crop preserver and the crop reviver. Keep those balls fresh all day. So don't get cold feet this winter. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use code on tap at manscaped.com. They also have tons of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website, from disposable mats for your pubes to foot deodorant. So don't forget, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ONTAP. Don't forget, 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with the code ONTAP. Thanks, Manscaped for making our winter wieners look so good. Um, but let's take a look at wide receivers where this is probably the closest race you could have in any situations, really. Um, you know, and it's, it's the reason I brought them up last is because there's so many good ones. Um, so obviously uh, to end the season, no surprise here at the top four, pretty much. You have Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, and DeAndre Hopkins. To round out the top 10, you have Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen. Um, I'm not surprised by the Miami players. I am surprised at who came out number one. Um, but yet again, not surprised by that. For Did I say the Miami? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. I was looking at something else. Minnesota, not surprised because Minnesota tends to throw the ball a lot, and that's just what they've always done. 
Um, obviously, Devontae is one of the best players in the league, and Ridley is the only one that you see as a little bit of a surprise, but that was just due to the aspect of no Julio for pretty yeah. much a, a big chunk of the year. Um, that would be where that issue stands. And I'm not surprised. A lot of people, the only one that I love the most to see is Allen Rod- Allen Robinson in the top 10 because a lot of people, when it came to draft time, I think their choices, and I can remember this vividly actually talking to Cole, was at that same time where Allen Robinson was being picked, it was a DJ Moore situation for a lot of people. It was either DJ Moore or Allen Robinson. And I was scared to grab Allen Robinson, most of them, because I was like, I don't know what this quarterback situation is going to be. I know he's the better player, but I'm going to take the swing for the fence and go for, you know, more. And that failed me in every league, pretty much. Oh, yeah. So, but you know yeah. like really, really fascinating about this top 10, though, what? is p- pending a trade or a season-ending injury, Number seven and number eight are Metcalf and Lockett, and that is not going to change going into next year. They're still going to be two of the deadliest receivers. Same thing with six and ten, though. Exactly. You know, they're just that good. The only thing that will concern me, and I do believe in it sometimes, is that sophomore slump. Not saying Justin Jefferson does it, but there's no way. I guarantee Justin Jefferson will not be in the top ten again next year. I just could not see it. If he goes to have back-to-back amazing seasons like that, uh, I don't even know what I would have to say. I mean, he, he had a phenomenal rookie year, and I know there's the big dispute a few weeks back that everybody said he should have been rookie over rookie of the year over Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get in that discussion because it's in a landslide with Justin Herbert, but, um, you know, I just couldn't see him doing it again. He had a really good year. Um even through the bad year, Juju Smith-Schuster was still 16. Um, yeah, with 234 points. Yeah, but look at, like you said, you bring up number one through 10. So Devontae Adams had 358 points, and number 10 and Adam Thielen had 254. So there's a 100-point swing, but that's not that big for the top 10. I mean, that's... You got a lot of the top three are right there with each other. Literally, number two and number three were a point two points difference in PPR. Mm-hmm. Point two. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get any closer. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also pretty interesting that in the top twenty-five, Pittsburgh has three wide receivers, and they're only separated by. Uh, uh, 13 points from Juju at 16 to Deontay Johnson at 21. And then from uh, Johnson at 21 with 221 points to 23, where Claypool has 214. So in a down year from Roethlisberger, uh, I think that's pretty impressive that they have three of the top 25 wide receivers. You'll look back. You talk about the top 25. Look at the top 22. You've got... Amari Cooper at 15 with 236 and CD lamb with 217. You know, I mean, you're talking about a, a 19 without, point swing right there without, without Dak Prescott. Yeah. You know, they've, you're talking if Dak was there, could have been a different situation. Even looking back, Carolina has two in the top 25. They're number 24 mm-hmm. and number 25, but they're right there. Um, just outside the top 25 is Cole Beasley. 
you know, at 27. Um, you know, another rookie and actually look Cincinnati, two of them, 28 and 29. Um, so it's a, you know, looking at it though, let's go over to the preseason ranks and see how we're off this is. Uh, Michael Thomas was number one. Obviously we know what his situation was missed too much time this last season. Uh, Devante was two Hopkins was three Julio was four. So, uh, Guess it looks like Mr. Calvin Ridley took over for him. Hill was five. Godwin fell from six all the way down to, was he in the 30, I think, range? Chris Godwin? Uh, he was 31. 31, yeah, 31. That's, but he only played 12 games. So, I mean, True. you can't look back at that. Kenny Galladay was at eight, and that was just, man, that was also another injury situation. Um, Thielen, hey. Start the year at 10, end the year at 10. There you go. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., Amari Cooper was still up there. Um, yeah, I mean, so many names, just like Keenan Allen, to be, he was ranked at 20, end of the year, I think, was at 13? 13, yeah. 13. What about A.J. Brown? Did you mention him? I did not mention him, but um, I would like to say that if we're talking about players that are going to make the jump into the top 10, it's going to be A.J. Brown next year. Um, he was only a few points away from being there. He was at 12 with 247 and a half fantasy yeah. points. Um, I know, I think we're kind of a lot of us around here are big A.J. Brown fans. I know Cole is myself, like myself, and then I saw Lucas even talking about it from Bears on Tap. Um, he's going to get the shine, too. Corey Davis is most likely on the way out um, mm-hmm. over there. And that's a name where he's going to be the guy. Another name I like is going to be Terry McLaurin, depending on the situation at quarterback for Washington next year. Um, I just think those are some names you're just that you could see sneak up next year. Um, I agree. Especially uh, about McLaurin. What was that? Said I agree, especially about McLaurin for sure. I mean, cracking the top twenty with two hundred twenty-three fantasy points. I mean, with four different quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in Washington at the QB position, but if they get an upgrade, I I could totally see him cracking the top 15, maybe even the top 12. Yeah, I definitely could see him working his way into that. It's just going to, like you said, it's just going to be depend where they go um, at quarterback. And I mean, they re-signed Taylor Haneke. Um, Alex Smith is unsure where he's going or what he's doing at this time, but it's interesting. Um, and then you got to look at, you know, I want to bring up the Rams players for next year. You got guys like Cooper Cup and, and stuff like that. Do you see that their ranks will increase next year with Stafford? I 100% think so. I think Stafford gives them a much better dynamic in the passing game than they had with Goff. Yeah, I would. I would agree. <laughs> I just think that, you know, when it comes to that, it just, you look at it and you're like, but who's it going to be? You know, I think yeah. Cooper Cup's the logical answer in my eyes, but Robert Woods finished 14 with 245. So 0.1. So he was technically tied with Keenan Allen, but he played more games than Keenan Allen also. Um, so yeah, you got those two, um, you got Josh Reynolds there as well at wide receiver. So I don't know. I, I feel like Stafford to cup is going to be the connection next year. I, I can't wait to see where it opens up next year with people, but I'm interested to see that. Um, 
early on though, looking at a at a jump into 2021, the Cincinnati wide receivers are ones I would be looking for later in the draft, depending on if Burrow is set to come back at some point next year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's not most likely going to be back early in the season because his injury happened. Was it midway through the year, closer to the end, right, I think? I don't remember which week it was, but it was at, I think it was definitely past the halfway point because the conversation at the time was, is he, he going to be So He played 10 games, so yes, past the halfway point for sure. Yeah. So it's going to, yeah, you're going to be in a wait-and-see situation with them. Um, but I would be interested to grab those players that they have in, in Boyd and, you know, T Higgins and stuff like that later in the draft. Cause they're a player that could start the year ranked in the 20 to 40 range, but clearly come up again and be in the 20 range. Well, I the- could definitely see them being badly overdrafted. I, 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 I can see, you know, they had good numbers with the majority of the games with, uh, Joe Burrow, but. Their numbers overall, but they might not be inflated as much if Burrow doesn't come back till the end of the year. And that's why I'm saying if it's the end of the year, I would much rather have them might not. I I just think that you, you can, you can steal them in a later round. Absolutely. If, if someone doesn't badly overdraft them early because of those inflated looking numbers. Yeah. And which is like why I bring up like Justin Jefferson's going to be badly overdrafted in my eyes. I would say. Personally. Um, but with that being said, we're going to wrap this episode up though, with our last little topic, and that's going to be a early look. And we're going to do this over the next couple of weeks as an early look. I like to call it into the 2020 rankings or the 2021, my bad rankings. So from the end of 2020 to the opening of 2021, out of all these quarterbacks that are not in the top 10, who is going to be the surprise entry into the top 10 by the end of 2021. Who do you I got? Think, I think the obvious answer is Matthew Stafford. Okay. And that's, I fair. think that he, he gives the Rams, you know, that extra dynamic and, uh, and he's, a, he's a pass happy quarterback. You know, we talked yes. about it with Cole a couple of weeks back after that trade happened with the lions and the Rams and, I mean, he likes to throw the ball, and they need a guy who's got the the confidence and the arm skill to do it. So, yeah, I totally see him making the top ten. I could not disagree with that. That's a good pick. I was going to go with Cam Newton. I'm just kidding. I'm not going Cam Newton. <laughs> He's going to be in a Bears jersey next year running in touchdowns over David oh, Montgomery. Um, no, I like that pick, but I'm actually going to go a little bit further down the board and I am going to go with my pick that I just wrote up, actually, Pat. And that's going to be Carson Wentz, who ended the season at 22. Oh. I think he opened 2020 as a top 10 quarterback. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people have fallen off of his radar because of his performance and where he was. But as I wrote up in my article, you can go check that out at ontapsportsnet.com under the fantasy section. Um, I like the trade. We're talking about traded quarterbacks as of late. You, I don't blame you for Stafford one bit. I wouldn't be hard-pressed to take him myself, but I could sit there and wait and get a Carson once. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to shoot myself in the foot because I did it this year getting him, but I like the team he's going to. Um, they have a lot of protection up front in that offensive line. Fantastic running game you know, with 
uh, the, you know, uh, it'll be a second year for Taylor, but they got Naheem Hines who can do a little bit of everything. I am going to be interested to see what happens with Marlon Mack after he's technically going into free agency. I don't see them resigning him though, but you never know. Um, then receiver is going to be interesting for them. Um, you know, you've got Michael Pittman Jr. and Pascal, um, who are great. T.Y. Hilton's going into a free agency, though, as well. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do with that because you, I didn't even realize T.Y. Hilton's, you know, kind of over the hill a little bit. Um, but actually, spot for Allen Robinson. It, it could be, but actually, I wanted to bring up somebody, um, you know, Ryan from uh, on tap as well. I actually brought up a good point. I didn't even think of this. I think Indy's got a lot of cap room. What if they made the move for Corey Davis? Hmm, that'd be interesting. Him staying in the AFC South. Yeah, I mean it could be done. Um, obviously, it, I would find that a very good fitting move for and a perfect move to fit in with Carson Carson Wentz. I know I, a lot of I, I know a lot of people say like, oh, most I saw it all over you know social media is a lot of wide receivers have never finished that high with Carson Wentz at quarterback, but that's because he spreads the ball around most of the time. I think they said the highest ranked wide receiver that has ever played with Carson Wentz was Alshon Jeffrey, who ended, I can't remember what season, I think 2018 or something like that as like the 17th ranked wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter though. He spreads the ball around. That's where it stands. Um, You could also see a guy like Deshaun Jackson go in there after he just got released from Philly. Um, that man's just got to retire at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, yeah. I would just be interested to see. I think there's a lot of options. Indy's got some money to play with, so they could make a splash at wide receiver. Um, or there's plenty of them in the draft. And obviously they still have a first round pick this year. Cause that trade was also ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm interested. I think, it, maybe I might be jumping the gun saying top 10, but I think he could be a surprising quarterback. Um, actually, I will ask one last question before we close out, though, Pat. Um, who do you see from this year's top 10 falling out of the top 10? That's a really difficult question. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of thinking that as we've been going along. And to me, I don't think Tom Brady can replicate what the Buccaneers did or what him and the Buccaneers did this year. Uh, I kind of think it was a fluke. Um, Being in the top 10, going through the motions of figuring out your offense. I mean, we talked about it way back of, you know, I called them like the Swiss army offense. They have too many damn toys and they don't know what to do with it. And I, I just don't see that continuing i mean uh, i'm not saying tampa bay is going to be bad and that he's going to be bad i just don't see him putting up you know eighth ranked qb numbers for two years in a row i could see that and i'm going to just unfortunately go with the easiest one probably out of the group um and that's going to be herbert i don't think i mean i i I would love for him to prove me wrong, but I don't think he can replicate a top 10 performance again. Um, it's just very with tough. A coaching yeah. With a coaching change, even though his coach didn't believe in him from the jump. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult. I would love to be proven wrong though. Um, I do love him as a player. I've said it before. I've been a fan. 
of Oregon for a long time. So I'm glad to see him doing well. But yeah, like you said, uh, you know, uh, coaching change, some of that type of stuff. Um, you know, you have people joking on Twitter saying that he's not working hard in the offseason because he's out playing golf right now. And and Tua's training. Well, good for Tua because he probably should. He got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick twice this year. So <laughs> here's the difference. You got benched twice, Tua, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Herbert run offensive rookie of the year. So I think he could, he could go play golf for a little bit. Yeah, um, can. you know, yeah, I just think that's going to be a very tough, uh, spot to keep, but you know, if he falls, I don't see him falling far. I see him falling out of the top 10, maybe top 15, somewhere between 15 and 18, maybe. Um, but yeah, we will see. I can't wait to see, you know, it's never too early to look at those 2020 ranks. You know, season will obviously be here before you know it. Once free agency hits here in the next few weeks, it's right back into football time for a little bit. And then it goes away for a few weeks. And then it's back again, Pat. Football never dies. I love it, though. I love it. Um, so, yeah, you know, with that being said, though, Pat, I appreciate you joining me tonight from a different studio, I like to call it. Um, studio a la Bodeway Garage. Um, But uh, like I said, with that being said, man, appreciate you joining me. Everybody to go head over to Twitter. Follow all of us. Follow me at Premier Amp. Follow Pat at Pat Bodeway. You can follow the main page at ONTAP Sportsnet as well as the fantasy page at Fantasy HR ONTAP. And Pat, let's get ready for the 2021 season. And I will finish this one with a crack on my friend. Have a good one.